Good morning, beloved. We continue our class on marriage and relationships. It's Sunday morning, August 11th, 2019. Let me pray for us. Our Father, we are so grateful for this day that you've given us rest, caused us to live in a land where we are free to come worship you. Thank you for our families, for our children, for our spouses. Thank you for the word of God how uh, jealous the Holy Spirit is to apply it to us, to give us understanding and wisdom and by it grow in our salvation. We pray for the growth of our relationships because of our study. Send your spirit to be our teacher for Christ's glory's sake. Amen. We want to work this morning in Ephesians 2, the class of marriage passage, Ephesians 2, excuse me, Ephesians 5, 20, <coughs> excuse me, 22 to uh, 33. And I'm going to read it for you. I've actually given you more on the handout, which is the verses that precede it. But there's a message to my madness. I'm going to read it for you, and I want you to look. And Mark, if you've got a pen, anytime you see the word as, or the word that, and command, maybe underline as, circle that, and put a... a I don't know, a bracket around any command that you see. Okay, so I want you looking and interacting closely with the text. So I'm going to begin reading at verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. (coughs) Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay, let's point out the frequencies with which we see the word as. First occurrence, someone? What verse? 22. 22, submit your husband as to the Lord. And the idea here is in the same way or in like manner. Okay? Why submit to your husbands in the same way you submit to the Lord? Next occurrence of as. <coughs> 23. The husband is head of the wife even as Christ is head of the church. In the same way Christ is head of the church, the husband is head of the wife. Next occurrence. Somebody say 24. Now, as the church submits to Christ, in the same way the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Good. Next occurrence. 25. 
25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How do husbands love their wives? In the same way or in like manner that Christ loved the church. And of course you have the explicit words in verse 26, uh, excuse me, verse 28, in the same way, might as well be the word as. And the final occurrence of the word as We have it. Okay. Uh, yes, that's not that's not the final occurrence. Good. Just as Christ loved the church in twenty nine, and the final occurrence in verse. You got it in thirty one. Thirty three. Let each of you love his wife as himself, in the same way you love yourself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Good. So pretty significant. <clears throat> what would you say Paul is doing? Based on what so far, he's making lots of comparisons. He is in comparison mode. Okay, he wants to teach us to love our spouses, and he is reaching for an analogy, and he's saying, in the same way, in the same way, in the same way, in like manner. We got we're so thick and stupid about this. We need it as clear as possible. <laughs> okay, how about the occurrence of the word that, which is expressing purpose? <clears throat> Do you see any that's in there? Okay. That's actually a slightly different use of the word that. Well, 26, that he might sanctify her, that's a purpose clause. 27, so that, so that he might present the church to himself. So when, where we see the word that, normally it's expressing this is the purpose, in order that, the purpose. Okay? That he might sanctify her. Okay? How about commands? What's the first command in the text? Verse 22, submit to your husband. That's a command. And it's sort of followed up in verse 24, should submit. How about the next command? 25, 25 what's the command? Love your, wives. love your wives. Hey, brother. Love your wives. And again, the same thing in 28, love them. You could say that there's a spirit of command in 31 and 33. Uh, why do we... Um, in, in 31, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother... It's not strictly the immediate language of command, but that's the idea, right? If you're getting ready to be married, what do you need to do? You're commanded to leave mom and dad and be joined to your wife. Okay? Leave and cleave. Leave, cleave, and weave. Good. I'm sorry? Weave, weave, weave a life together. That's the idea behind that one flesh, your one personality, weaving a life together. Leave, cleave, and weave. So let's look at verse 22. I'm providing for you the ESV. Does anybody have the New American Standard? Anybody working from Nashville? Just out of curiosity. It's okay if you're not. If you were working in the Nashville, the word submit would be italicized to set it apart from regular print from every other word in the verse. Yeah. You just have to trust me on this one. The NASME has this word italicized, which tells you 
The word submit does not appear in the original. If you open the original Greek, it would read like this. Wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. Okay? What's that? That kind of means the same thing. As to the Lord is huge. It is. But here's what's significant. That verb does not appear in verse 22. Why? Because it appears in verse 21, and in Greek, you're allowed to omit the writing the verb itself if the idea is carried into that sentence. Did that make sense? No. Yeah, it did. I just. I'm going to explain this. I'm going to explain this, but I want you to know the verb itself does not appear. Do you have Nazbi in front of me? Well, but I don't know what book you are in. That's, I'm sorry, it's Ephesians 5. Don't worry about it. I'm, just trust me, if you had a NASB, it would be italicized. That's the way a NASB. So your ESV translators took the liberty of putting the word in there, even though it's not in the original, but the thought is, the spirit of it is. It's in there. Where indeed does it come from? Well, this is why I put verses 18 to 21 in the text for you. Because you can't really understand the marriage text without the preamble. And the preamble is Ephesians 5, 18 to 21. So if you think of uh, Paul as walking you into and wants to show you the glories of the garden we call marriage, the gateway in is verses 18 to 21. Okay? So let's read 18 to 21. Somebody read those verses for us. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies to the Lord with your heart. Yes, all the way down through uh, 21. Thank you. Giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Great. <clears throat> okay. Let's do a little bit of Greek linguistics. In the Greek language, you will run into little things called participles. Those are generally, and our translation does a good job of this ESV, words ending in ing. A participle is not a, and, and I think in the English language you call it a gerund, uh, G E R U N D. But participles, when they occur in a sentence, only have their full meaning in relation to a main verb. So anytime you're translating Greek and you run into a participle, you're going, ding, 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 where's the main verb? Because it's only in relation to the main verb that the participle ultimately has its meaning. So verse 18's main verb is, after don't get drunk, is be filled. What mood does that sound like? Does that sound like a command? Yes, that is a command. That means, do you have a choice to do this? Do you have a choice to be filled with the Spirit? Is this an option? Is this an elective in Christianity? No, you're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. The voice, passive, you allow the Spirit to control you. I think we said last week the question isn't how much of you, how much of the Spirit do you have, but how much of you does the Spirit have? And the tense is present. 
Present tense in Greek carries an ongoing, habitual, continuous process. So you could translate it, allow yourself to be continually filled with the Spirit. And then that raises the question, what does that look like? How would you know if you were walking in the Spirit, seeking to be under the Spirit's control? And again, that's a thing that's being contrasted here. Drunkenness, you're under the influence of alcohol. Walking with the Spirit, you're under the influence or the control of the Holy Spirit. What does a life under the control or influence of the Holy Spirit look like? Well, all these participles answer that question. So let's look at them. Tell me how many I-N-G words you see. What's the first one? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That sounds like what? Sound like worship to you? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. The quality of the way we talk to each other has worship in it. Doesn't mean you have to come up and sing a song to me, but you're welcome to if you want to. Next participle. Singing. Next one, conjoined with it. Making melody to the Lord in your heart. Don't try marriage unless you are first what? A worshiper. You're caught up in the glory of God. God is the first and most important thing to you. If that's not the case, what will be the most important thing to you? Either yourself or your spouse. And you don't want to make your spouse your savior. He or she is not qualified to be your savior. Okay? Worship gets our eyes off ourselves. How do you come into the garden and enjoy a God-centered, God-glorifying marriage? Your eyes are off yourself. They're first on God. What's the next ING? <coughs> Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have gratitude, we have worship, we have one anothering, and there's one last participle in the long sentence that begins in 18 and ends at the end of 21. What's the last participle? Some translations don't bring this out. This one does. Good for them. Good for ESV. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. What's the fountainhead of uh, an attitude of mutual submission? What's the fountainhead? Reverence for Christ. Reverence for Christ. You don't do it because it's good or because it's the right thing. You do because there are reverence for Christ. If you revere the Lord, adore Him, love Him, stand in awe of Him, what is likely to issue forth in relationships? An attitude of? Submission. Mutual submission. So Paul is saying you can learn from, you can serve and be corrected by any other Christian. Do we believe that? Do husbands believe that when they get married? I need to be in a posture of serving, being corrected by, and learning from my spouse. Okay, So this is the gateway, this is the door into this beautiful garden we call a God-centered marriage, a grace-centered marriage. <laughs> and it's a life under the control of the Spirit where we have an attitude of mutual submission to one another. So anybody, any man who gets married and says, good, now I'm going to be in control of this person, hadn't read this text, doesn't fear the Lord. Right? And... Revering the Lord has a way of disavowing you of your selfish motives and intentions. Because in, in the light of the glory of Christ, how do we feel? 
We feel humble, grateful, and that other-centeredness of Jesus tends to get inside of us. Okay, somebody want to summarize what we're saying so far? It's a critically important preamble. What are we saying? Put, Put it in your own words if you want. Good. Mutual submission is the foundation to a Christian marriage. That's never going to happen apart from you what? Daily seeking to be Sorry. Glorifying God. Glorifying God as the fruit of labor being filled with the Spirit. I mean, do we take this command seriously? Be filled with the Spirit? Do we take it seriously? Do we get up in the morning and say, Spirit, you, I need to, my heart, my mind, my thoughts, my will, my hands, my feet, they need to come under the comp- your complete control. If, when I sin, my mind is not under the control of the Holy Spirit because I'm thinking things that are leading me to sin. And that's the beauty of the Christian faith. It gives you real power to change. Okay. Main verb. Participles. Beautiful language. Makes it clear to us. Now we're ready to look at verse 22. Wives, to your own husbands as to the Lord. Again, the verb isn't in there, but it is clearly implied. Paul's bringing it down to verse 21. He's allowed to do that given the way the Greek language works. That's why the ESV feels free to put the word in there, even though it's not in the original. So wives, help us here. What, uh, what's, what's your first thought when you see this? Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Why the focus on own? Oh, because no, no, any husband. Are you, are you submissive to me as Janice's husband? <coughs> Sorry? Are you, do you have to be submissive to me even though I'm Janice's husband? No. No, it's to your own husband. There are some Christian communities that abuse this. And they extrapolate that if you're a man, all the women have to be submissive to you. This is to your own husband. Okay? And how are you supposed to do that? Remember the word as. In the same manner as. As to the Lord. As to the Lord. So what does it look like in your experience, wives? What does your submission to the Lord look like? Help us, wives. I'm assuming you take this somewhat seriously, put this into practice. Okay, we'll start with easier said than done. (laughs) We have the realist over here. (laughs) What does your submission to the Lord look like? Is it joyful? Should it be joyful? Yeah, why? Because he has my best interest in mind. He's your Lord. He has your best interest in your mind. How did he prove that? He died on the cross for you. He reigns for you. So look, we wives, you can't do this unless this is real clear to you that your submission to the Lord is clear to you because that's the pattern of your submission to your husband. So, tell us more about it, wives. Help us here. Can you share anything from your experience? Success, wives, or failures? Servant? Is, is, uh, do you like to serve Jesus, Juan? Yes. So an aspect of submitting to Tal is? Cleaning the house. 
Cleaning the house. I wasn't looking for that specific, but good. Yeah. Now, does it follow that, that Wong has to clean the house as an act of service? Where does it say in the Bible she has to clean the house? I don't think it does. So there can be a division of labor in the way you serve one another, right? Okay. Wives, how do you submit to the Lord? What does that look like? Well, I think there is a kicking and screaming submitting to the Lord, and I think that I have been a long time. But uh, the, the kicking and screaming, I'll do it, but I'm doing it, kicking and screaming. But, um, Is that the way she relates to you, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> That's in your worst moments. Yeah, but, yeah. but I think, I think, if I'm going to be honest, then this is really how I submit to the Lord, and, and, and I had to, God had to work through me in the sense that, and, and it goes back to trust that I wasn't able to, to trust because that, that, that's really the issue of the heart. Like, it's trust. Good. I do not trust that you have my best interest, interest in mind. Good. So I will, you know, the Holy Spirit makes me, sometimes speaking and screaming, and then by God's grace, He reminds me that I got you. Good. Okay. Good. Wonderful. I like the honesty and the transparency here. So Fabby's being completely honest about the fact that when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, we struggle with wanting our own way. We want to be Lord. We want to be King. We want our universe to look like just what we want it to. We and don't. Transparent, transparent in our marriages and our friendships, and yeah. especially the things that are important to us. That's the things that you hold closest, closest to you. Yeah. I mean, if I don't care about you, I'm like, okay, God, see you tomorrow. But if if I actually Care. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. Those are the things that is going to fill up my time and my heart. So trust, trusting the Lord, He's got my best, He's got my back, He's going to provide, He's never going to abuse me. Trust, we walk by faith. Yes. If you didn't get there yet, the next paragraph talks about Sorry. We're not there yet. Yes. Submission comes naturally when you 